this morning. I've already felt today. Well, I appreciated the sunrise service and uh, Brother Brent preached good and the singer sang good. And, well, I'm glad to be here. And I, I just, uh, my heart is thrilled to be able to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, I appreciate uh, Blaine and Mackenzie and Linda being here to help me with the worship. And I appreciate uh, Doug and Elmer being back there uh, running the equipment. And I know Jeremy's done a lot. I appreciate him and Brian and all the fellows. Probably left somebody out. but And I appreciate everybody's praying. I've had people uh, text or call and say they'd be praying and uh, post that said, I'm excited about church this morning. and uh, I'm glad it's Easter. I wish circumstances were different as far as a coronavirus. I wish that uh, the pews were all full of people. But aside from that, I am thrilled and I thank God for what God's doing. It's just absolutely amazing. Uh, the closeness that I feel. If somebody said this and I thought about it, now this may be true. Somebody said, if it's possible, I feel closer to my church now than I did a month ago. And appreciate them even more. And uh, appreciate the things that we take for granted even more. And so I'm glad that uh, uh, the tomb's empty. I'm glad that the Lord is alive, and I'm glad that uh, because he lives that I'm alive because I've trusted in him. Uh, and today, I'd like for somebody to get saved today, and more somebody can. I believe with all my heart God's going to speak to somebody today. I, in just a minute, I want to offer up a prayer to open, and then I'm going to turn over to uh, Blaine and Mackenzie to come and sing. And I want everybody to pray. Precious Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for letting us be here today. God, thank you for the connection we feel uh, with all the people that are praying and watching and listening. God, I appreciate your grace and your mercy. God, you're so good. Uh, even in the midst of a storm, uh, you remind us uh, that you're bigger than the storm. And God, I praise you for that, and I thank you for what I feel in my soul, what you've been doing and what you are doing and what I'm expecting you to do. And God, I praise you. Uh, thank you for Easter. Thank you for the resurrection. And God, I praise you that I've got a resurrection in my soul. Thank you, Lord, for salvation by grace through faith, through the shed blood of Jesus. It wasn't spilled, but was shed on Calvary. And it's real today. God, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. And amen. I'll turn over to singers. It's, uh, it's good to be here, and uh, as I look over an empty church this morning, uh, and I say this for the people's benefit at home, uh, it, the pews are empty, but I can look out and, and see them full yeah. of the people that are normally here and the people that would be here today, and uh, so that's a blessing. Uh, so, and I know that uh, you all... And your prayers uh, can reach heaven from where you're at the Amen. same as they could if you were sitting here. So I miss you all, but uh, I, you're a little bit of you is right here in my mind. So pray. He wasn't born in a palace. A mansion was not his home. He never had riches of this world to hold as he died a shameful death the soldiers gambled for his clothes but on the third day not 
but a Savior arose. I serve a risen Savior, not a peasant in a grave. And he did me a favor when my soul he chose to save. Now I'll live forever with Jesus. I shall reign because the blood of the living Lamb now flows in my veins. Some believe He never rose from that tomb where He was laid. Others say that His body was stolen from the grave. But I am a witness of that resurrection day. For when he came forth, he defeated Satan's bondage over me. I serve a risen Savior, not a peasant in a grave. And he did me a favor when my soul he chose to save. Now I'll live forever with Jesus. I shall reign because the blood of the living Lamb now flows in my
songs. Well, I'm glad to be in God's house this morning. I can feel the prayers of God's people. Those songs have helped me. Your prayers are helping me. Uh, I'd like to share some scriptures this morning in the message. I want to start reading in the 11th chapter <clears throat> excuse me, of the book of Revelations. And if you uh, want to look up uh, the next place I might read, it's in the 4th chapter of the book of Zechariah. Of course, that's next to the last uh, book in the Old Testament and then uh, I'll probably go then sometime today probably go to the 23rd chapter of the book of Leviticus that's the third chapter from the front of the Old Testament <clears throat> and then there may be some more places but we'll let that rest for right now and excuse me I got a call <coughs> and, uh, and going to the 11th chapter of the book of Revelations won't you pray very earnestly and uh, we'll start reading in verse 1. And uh, John tells us here, he said, And there was given me a reed like unto a rod. And uh, one of the definitions of reed is a staff. And I, I even thought about the rod and the staff. The psalmist said, <clears throat> The rod and the staff, thy rod and thy staff, they strengthen me. And uh, over in the, the 21st chapter of Revelations, the writer John, he said, I saw one that had a golden reed that he measured the city of God with. And so, but let me read this again. There was given to me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise, listen to this, and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. Now measure this. What, what kind of rod would that be? Well, it said a golden rod, but I, I want to think about it this way too. Uh, back over uh, in the book of Romans uh, I think it's chapter 12, maybe verse 3. It talks about God hath given every man the measure of faith. 
And I'm telling you what, that's what measures things. And this is my words. Uh, God gave me through the gospel one time. He gave me a measure of faith that measured where I was at. And I saw myself uh, not where I needed to be. I saw myself deficient. But when I exercised that measure of faith, uh, God gave me a measure of grace. And he put the blood of Jesus in my soul and he saved me. And I've been saved ever since. I'm eternally saved on the way to heaven. I want to take my time and uh, tell you some things here. He said, measure the temple of God. When I got saved, I got in the temple of God. He said, and measure the altar. Boy, I'm glad I come by the altar. You've got to come by the altar to get through the door. Uh, what kind of altar is that, preacher? Well, it was an altar, Mackenzie, that stood on a hill on in gray one time. There was a place called Golgotha, uh, Blaine, and uh, they had a big cross up there, and they may not realize it was an altar, uh, but it was an altar because the greatest sacrifice that was ever made was made on that altar, on that cross, on that hill uh, called Golgotha. Uh, the Savior of the world, the Lamb of God, he died there. And so he said, measure the altar. Well, listen, it goes on and said, them that worship therein. Uh, I want to say today, uh, those things are measured. Uh, they're never off the mark. The temple of God that he built, it's just exactly uh, the way God said to build it. The altar that God uh, said to measure, it's exactly what it's supposed to be. Well, what about uh, those that worship therein? They're just exactly uh, what God said for them to be. Well, how can that be, preacher? Uh, we're just uh, failures. We're just human people. We're just flesh and blood people. Uh, yes, that's true, and I'm like that. But uh, God uh, tells us in his Bible, he is a spirit. He seeks such to worship him as worship him in spirit and in truth. I'm telling you, I don't worship in the flesh. I worship in the power of the Holy Ghost, and uh, that's from down in my soul. And so uh, that measures up. Uh, when we come on God's term, it measures up. But boy, now listen to this part. That's a pretty picture. But listen to this part. This, this is a different kind of picture. It said, but the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles and the, the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Uh, well, uh, some folks like to divide the, the Jewish nation, uh, the seed of Abraham, like to dis divide them uh, just talking about from a natural perspective uh, and talk about the Gentiles. But uh, I want to tell you uh, who a Jew is. Uh, over, I think it's in the 28th uh, chapter of Romans. Uh, maybe, or no, it's, a, it's the second chapter of Romans, uh, the 28th and 29th verse. Uh, here's what Paul said about a Jew. A Jew is not a Jew which is a Jew outwardly, but a Jew is a Jew which is a Jew inwardly. I got, uh, I got saved by the grace of God and put in the family of God. Everybody that's not saved is a spiritual Gentile. Now listen, it said, uh, the court which is without, uh, the temple, leave out. Uh, no need uh, to try to measure the sin of the world, uh, but uh, you can measure the things of God uh, through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hey, and listen to this, it said, uh, leave out uh, those that are on the outside because they're Gentiles and the holy city uh, shall they uh, trod underfoot uh, 40 and 2 months. Now hold that 42 months on uh, kindly in your mind. We'll try to come back there. 
He said, but listen to this, boy, this is powerful. He said, and I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. said, these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Now, I want you to keep those two times, those forty and two months, and a thousand two hundred and threescore days. Keep that in your mind. But I want to go back and get some more things about the candlesticks. We're going back in the book of Zechariah. Now back here, Zechariah in the fourth chapter, he said, the angel that talketh me came again and walked me uh, as a man that is waking out of a sleep. Boy, I'm telling you, sometimes uh, God uh, wants to wake us up. Uh, if if this coronavirus has awoken some people up, uh, I'm awful uh, badly mistaken. I believe God gets people's attention and wakes people up. And so he goes on down here and said unto me, and he said, uh, what seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold, and a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps are on, and seven pipes in the seven lamps, which were upon the top thereof. And listen to this, and two olive trees by it. Uh, one upon the right side of the bowl, the other on the left side. So I answered and spake to the angel and talked with, he talked with me saying, what are these, my Lord? Uh, listen, and the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, knowest thou not what these be? I said, no, my Lord. Uh, I'm telling you what, it takes God to show you these things. And so then he answered and he spake unto me saying, now get this. He said, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, uh, saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain? Uh, before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with uh, shoutings, crying, grace, grace with it. Boy, this was back in the old Bible, uh, and uh, Zerubbabel could cry, grace, grace. Uh, but let me talk about those uh, two olive trees, those two witnesses uh, that stood by the camp candlestick. Uh, well, uh, what was their mission and what were they saying? It tells you here in the verse 6, uh, then answered uh, and spake unto me saying, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. Uh, or, listen, uh, let me talk about that word Zerubbabel. Uh, and you might uh, remember from reading back in, in the book of uh, Nehemiah and Ezra. This is in the first chapter of the book of Ezra. It tells about the first group uh, that came back out of uh, bondage. Uh, they were carried away captive uh, over in the land of Babylon. On, uh, but God let them go. Uh, the king let them go. God helped them. And Zerubbabel uh, brought some people back to, to build the temple. Zerubbabel means born in Babylon or sown in Babylon. Now, uh, Zerubbabel, uh, he was a descendant of King David, but he was born in Babylon. But praise God, uh, just cause you're born in Babylon, you don't have to stay in Babylon. And so this is the word of the Lord here. Listen, uh, this is what it said. Uh, this is what he said here. Let me read it again. This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And why art thou, or who art thou, O great mountain? I'm telling you, uh, there's some obstacles in the way. Anybody out there feel like you got any obstacles in your life today? 
great mountains are before us and ahead of us. But listen what he said here. Who art thou, great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone earth with shouting, crying grace, grace unto it. I'm telling you, when the Lord Jesus Christ come, he tore down the mountains. He brought up the valleys. He made the place where we travel a smooth, level place. And that headstone, that's not talking about in a graveyard. The headstone here means the last block put in a building project. When they got the temple built, Zerubbabel, he put the last stone in. He could stand back. He could say, boy, the temple, it's finished. I'm telling you what, when Jesus did his work on Calvary, you know what he said right before he died? He said, it's finished. And he gave up the ghost. Uh, boy, I'm telling you what, you talk about two witnesses. Uh, those olive trees uh, flowing with the olive oil uh, that goes into the lamp uh, that lights up the world. I'm telling you what, uh, let me put it this way. Uh, there was a church under the law and there's a church uh, today under the grace covenant of God and each one of them had a message to tell. It was the same message. Uh, that church under the law uh, had a message declaring uh, God's going to send his son. Jesus said to Abraham, rejoice to see my day and he saw it and he was glad. Uh, so listen uh, and I'm telling you what, that's what we preach today. We preach Jesus and so uh, get this here. Let's go back into the 11th chapter of Revelations with me again. And he talked about uh, that uh, bunch of Gentiles that trod underfoot uh, the city. Uh, well you think about this. Uh, they trod, uh, it goes down here, they trod underfoot 40 and 2 months, the holy city. I'm telling you what, somebody said well that sounds like a, a quite a battle and uh, that battle. Now, there is a, a controversy in a battle between the Gentiles uh, that trod underfoot the holy city and, and that uh, those down there, those two olive trees uh, with the two candlesticks standing before the earth and before the Lord. And I'm telling you what, uh, listen, where in, when is that battle, folks? I know a lot of folks uh, claims it's going to be way out there in the future. But I got good news for you. The battle's already been fought and the victory's already been won. Uh, but we still, uh, even though the war's been won, we've still got our own battles to fight about that. But let me go back and let me explain it a little bit according to the scripture and let me talk about it a little bit. Now, you folks might have noticed you might have noticed when I uh, mentioned uh, back there those Gentiles uh, that when they trod the city underfoot for 42 months and then these witnesses here, these two witnesses, these two olive trees, uh, when uh, they go about uh, the work that they do is 1,203 score days. Well, uh, 42 months is, uh, if you count 30 days a month, uh, that's exactly the same as 1,203 score days. So, so there was two perspectives here. And here's the way the world looks at it. Uh, just keep on traveling on. Just put things out ahead. Put it off. Uh, but I'm telling you, when God's church is on fire and when we're supposed to be, we look at things one day at a time. Uh, sweet Jesus. Like that song, uh, Lord, as far as my part. Uh, I'm putting in my word, Lord, as far as my part. You could come and take me home. Heaven's sounding sweeter all the time. Uh, but Lord, when I think about our lost people, and uh, they're not sitting here in the house today, uh, but I can think about some little faces over here, uh, some little faces back here, and a young man back there, and uh, some others. I uh, won't try to name them all or point them out too specifically, but when I think about them, uh, and I say, well, like that song, uh, Lord, just a little longer, Lord, help us get our loved ones in. Boy, there's a battle that's going on, and I'm telling you what, uh, uh, when, I, when I was a lost boy, 
I was part of that group that was trodden underfoot the holy city because I was in sin. I was turning away God. I was going my own way and doing my own thing. But I'm telling you what, I'm now I'm a part of the two witnesses. I'm part of God's church and I want to tell a story. And he goes on down through here and he says this, and if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And let's go on down here. And if any man shall hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. Uh, speaking spiritually, if you, uh, if you deny the Lord and you deny the church, you deny the gospel, uh, you've, uh, you've got to die. You're going to go to a place that's called hell. But listen here. Said, and now listen. Uh, this will sound uh, pretty ominous down here, but uh, there's a good ending. It said, and these have power to shut up heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power uh, over waters to turn them into blood, and to smite the earth uh, with all plagues and as uh, often as they will. But now listen here, when it goes on down through here, it said, and when they have finished their testimony, now, now this is talking about the two witnesses, We've not got to the ominous part yet. It said, when they have finished their testimony, now this word uh, finished in the Hebrew, it means completed. When they've finished, when they've completed their testimony, uh, listen what says is going to happen down here. The beast uh, that descendeth out of the bottomless pit uh, shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them and their dead bodies shall lie in the streets of that great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where our Lord was crucified. And listen, and, and they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations uh, shall see their dead bodies three and a half days and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put into graves. Well, let's go back and uh, get this uh, 40 and two months and let's get this thousand, uh, 203 score days. Uh, that, that's three and a half years if you want to put it into years. Well, let's go back into the book of Luke and uh, about the third chapter of the book of Luke uh, probably the 23rd verse I don't remember for sure it tells about Jesus back there and it said uh, he was about 30 years old or he'd come up to 30 years old uh, he, that was right about the time he got baptized and that, that was right about the time when he was getting ready to be uh, led by the spirit into the wilderness uh, to be tempted uh, 40 days and he was afterward in hunger well Jesus uh, started the bulk of his earthly ministry when he was 30 years old why did he do that I believe he was uh, complying with the law you can go back into the book of numbers in the fourth chapter I think also the 23rd verse it said for a priest uh, to serve in the temple in the tabernacle he had to be 30 years old and so I think Jesus was dotting every I he was crossing every T I, I think he was doing everything so that the people wouldn't have any uh, legitimate occasion to deny him they denied him anyway but not because of any failures of his and so listen when this war is going on here what's it about it's going on uh, three and a half years. Most Bible scholars, uh, uh, and I agree, and I'm not uh, claiming I'm a Bible scholar, but most Bible scholars uh, believe that Jesus died when he was 33 and a half years old. Uh, again, uh, that's 42 months. That's 1,203 uh, score days. So, so listen, what this is talking about, what Jesus did uh, when he went about doing good and when he was healing the sick and raised the dead, preaching his own everlasting gospel, and finally, when he summed it up and went to the cross and died, but praise God, he didn't stay dead he got up from the dead and he's alive that's what the battle's over folks that's what the battle's over uh, the church uh, is standing for that the grand old church is standing for that even the law age church stood for that just like we do it's really one church but uh, we talk about them uh, in two different groups the law age church and the grace church but by the blood of Jesus they're all knit together and he's the head of the body and so uh, that's where the battle's going on. And uh, we still fight that battle. Uh, but listen, uh, when it talks about uh, the beast here, 
It talked about uh, over here where I read to you. It uh, talked about uh, the beast that rose up. And it talked about uh, their bodies uh, being killed and them laying in the streets uh, three and a half days. Uh, it said uh, they were uh, killed and they were laid there in the street of Sodom and Egypt where our Lord uh, Jesus was crucified. Boy, it goes on down through here. It says, and they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations uh, shall see their dead bodies three and a half days. And said, shall not suffer their dead bodies uh, to be put in graves. Uh, uh, the world, uh, they thought they had victory over Jesus. The devil, I didn't want that story to die. We've killed him. The king of kings is dead. He's, he's in the grave. Uh, we don't have to fool with him anymore. But praise God. Listen on down here what it said. It comes on down here. And uh, it said, and, and they that dwell on the earth rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets uh, tormented them and dwell on the earth and, and said, after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them and they stood on their feet and great fear fell upon them which saw them and they heard a great voice uh, from heaven saying to them, come up hither and they ascended up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them. Now, when the testimony of the Law Age Church and the Grace Church, when it was dead lying in the streets, that was the same time Jesus was dead lying in the tomb. Uh, if he wouldn't have got up, we wouldn't have a testimony. We wouldn't have a story to tell if he hadn't have got up. Uh, but because he lives, we live also. Now, let me make this point clear. Jesus died on a cross. He did die. But there was a part of Jesus that was never dead. His spirit never died. Uh, he's alive from everlasting to everlasting. And same way with the church. The church's testimony was dead, laying in the street while he was in the tomb. As far as the way the world looked at it, looked like it was over with. But when God come on the scene, he got uh, Jesus up out of the grave. I'm telling you what, uh, he solidified, he, he finished, he gave power uh, to the testimony uh, of the grand old church uh, from the beginning, from way back to Adam and from way on out at the end of time. Now you keep praying. Bear with me a little while. There's some things I need to clarify here. Three and a half days. Well, where'd you get that half day, preacher? Well, I'd like to explain that. I'd like to talk a little bit about the three and a half days. Now you consider this. Uh, going back in the scripture. Uh, Jesus, uh, let me uh, go back and uh, let me tell you this. Uh, when Jesus uh, was getting uh, ready to go to the cross, the Bible said, he went and he got to Passover. He got his disciples and he ate to Passover with his disciples. And uh, boy, I'm telling you what, he knew time was coming to an end. Uh, he talked to them and I don't think they understood completely. I guess maybe they couldn't or he didn't reveal it all to them. But uh, after they'd eaten the Passover, why, uh, the enemy came and got him. The, uh, the soldiers came and got him. They arrested him. They took him. Uh, the next morning why uh, the people got together and they questioned him and they smote him and they accused him of uh, blaspheming and the people got together and they cried, crucify him, crucify him. I'm telling you what. And uh, then the next day they crucified him. Well, listen, I want to tell you something that's very shocking, I suppose, to people, but I believe this all in my heart. I wrestled with whether I needed to preach it or not because it may sound, sound shocking, controversial. I don't believe Jesus died on Friday and don't believe he got up on Sunday morning. So you pray, and I'll tell you why I believe that, and you can think about it. I actually believe he died on Wednesday night. 
uh, just uh, maybe just uh, Wednesday afternoon. I believe he was put in the grave just uh, almost at sunset on Wednesday. I believe he got up uh, from the grave uh, maybe just about sunset on uh, Saturday night. And, uh, of course, the church didn't know it. Uh, but uh, you'll remember when Mary came to the tomb early Sunday morning uh, before the sun ever come up, it was still dark. Uh, the stone had been rolled away. <clears throat> And uh, she looked in there, and the tomb was empty. Now, I want to tell you why I think that. Going back into the 23rd chapter of the book of Viticus, that'll help us a little bit. We go back here uh, in the 23rd chapter of the book of Viticus. Now, the book of Leviticus is the, the feast chapter. It's got seven uh, feasts in there. And, uh, uh, boy, they're, they're great ones. And uh, some of these feasts, uh, maybe all of them, uh, they have a Sabbath connected with them, as far as I know all of them do. And those Sabbaths are called high days. Now, back here in the 23rd chapter of Leviticus, uh, it says here in verse 5, it said, In the 14th day of the first month uh, at even is the Lord's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread uh, unto the Lord. Seven days uh, they must eat unleavened bread. It said, In the first day thou shalt have a holy convocation, and ye shall do no servile work. So in the first day uh, of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it was a Sabbath day. And so here's what I believe happened. I believe they came and got Jesus. I believe he was crucified, uh, like I say, I believe he was crucified Wednesday uh, afternoon. And, and you remember, they came and they talked to Pilate and they said, we want to get him down off the cross. Let's break their legs so they'll hurry up and die so we can get them buried because it's not lawful for us to be uh, dealing with this on a Sabbath day. And so they went and they broke the legs of the two thieves. It was by Jesus. But when they went to Jesus, he was already dead. Well, when they got Jesus and they, they took him, and you remember Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, you remember uh, they came and they, they begged the body of Jesus and they put him in a tomb. Uh, I want to share something with you uh, about when the, the ladies came uh, and they, they were going uh, uh, to take care of uh, putting some spices on his body. This is in the 16th chapter of the book of Mark. And uh, then I, I want to read uh, over in the book of Luke uh, from the, uh, the 23rd chapter. But here in the 16th chapter of the book of Mark, it says, and when the Sabbath was passed, now think about that, it was passed. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Okay, so that said after the Sabbath was passed. Well, back over here in the 23rd chapter of the book of Luke, uh, it talks about this down here. It said, now, it said in the 55th verse, it said, and the women also which came with him from Galilee, same women, followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Well, uh, those two things, uh, if you just take them uh, kind of literally and at face value, they sound contradictory. One says before the, uh, before the Sabbath, one says after the Sabbath. But here's what happened. After he was, uh, uh, he was crucified, he was put in the tomb. Uh, one of the writers is talking about the, the first Sabbath. Uh, they waited until after the first Sabbath, uh, the first uh, day of the unleavened bread. That was the day after the Passover. That was a Sabbath. And so uh, he ate the Passover, he was crucified, and then the next day came the first day uh, of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. That was a Sabbath. And so the ladies waited till after that Sabbath, and uh, then uh, they went and got uh, the spices, and uh, then they waited uh, uh, before the next Sabbath. So it was after one Sabbath, before the next Sabbath. So here's what I believe happened. According to the scripture, uh, this way it looks to me. Uh, he was uh, crucified on Wednesday. Uh, he was buried about uh, a sundown Wednesday, a little before. Uh, uh, but praise God. Uh, then they waited after that next Sabbath. So, so here's the point. Uh, he died Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. I believe he got up uh, about sundown Saturday night. 
See, Jesus said in the Bible, uh, they asked him, the Jews asked him, they said, well, would you give us a sign? We want to see a sign. He said, there will be no sign for you except the sign of Jonas in the belly of the whale. As he was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, or in the, in the whale's belly, excuse me, as he was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, he said, the Son of Man shall be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Any way you try to stretch it or twist it or measure it, you can't get three days and three nights from Friday night till Sunday morning. But you can get three days and three nights from Wednesday night to Thursday night to Friday night till Saturday night. That's, that's three days and nights. And so uh, Jesus was in the tomb three days and three nights just like he said. And so the church didn't realize he'd got up. And so uh, that's why back here that it talks about uh, the dead bodies lying in the street for three and a half days. Because he'd already stayed in the tomb three days and nights. But another half day, uh, they didn't know it was up. They couldn't tell their story and they couldn't rejoice. And they couldn't tell about a risen Savior till they knew he was up. So praise God for those women that moved by faith. Uh, you know, those women... I said this a lot. Those women were way ahead of the men back there. Uh, they're the ones that went to the tomb. They're the ones that told the story. Boy, I'm glad the tomb was empty. I'm glad the stone was rolled away. I'm glad today we've got a living, risen Savior. And so let me go back and I'll try to sum this up. I've been preaching longer than I usually do. But I want you to get this. Now, back again. Uh, the court is without the temple. Leave out. Don't measure that that's out the temple. Because the Gentiles, uh, they trod underfoot. Uh, the city, the holy city, they trod underfoot. Forty in two months. That's going back. Talking about uh, the three and a half years of Jesus' earthly ministry. That he was telling the story, preaching his gospel, and on the way to the cross. But the two witnesses, that's what we got to preach about. When I preach and other preachers preach and preach the gospel, we preach about that time. Of course, we say, well, we use the whole Bible. But it all points to that time of what Jesus did. If Jesus wouldn't have done it, it wouldn't have anything to preach. It wouldn't mean anything. And it goes back here and it talks about uh, these others. talks about these two witnesses, these two olive trees. And they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. Boy, I'm glad. I've been rejoicing. God's blessed me so much these last few weeks. And I've felt the Spirit so much. But I've had a burden. I've had uh, some grief. I've had some sadness. Why, preacher? Because I've got a burden for lost people. Boy, I'm glad of that. I don't want God to take my burden away. But now they, uh, they do this. They prophesy clothed in sackcloth. And these are the two olive trees and two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And so, now, let me tell you this down here. I want you to get this again. I want to sum this up. Don't want anybody uh, leaving thinking that uh, the beast had victory because Jesus, uh, he's got victory. He It's finished. He, he had victory. He's got victory. We've got victory. Down here again, repeating what I told you. In the 11th verse, and after three days and a half, the spirit of the uh, life from God entered into them and they stood on their feet. I'm glad I got a church standing on their feet. And great fear fell on them which saw them. And they heard a, a great voice from heaven saying to them, Come up hither. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. Now, one aspect of that, when, when the Lord rose, many of the bodies of the saints rose with him. When I get this part here, in verse 13, And the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell. Now you talk about earthquake, I never had thought about it before, but you take if the Lord would split the eastern sky and all the saints would get up. Huh? That'd be the biggest earthquake that ever happened. When those glorified bodies come out of the grave on their way to meet the Lord in the air. And when it talks about, it talks about a tenth part of the city fell. When I see ten in the Bible, I think about the law. 
Nothing wrong with the law. It was holy, just, and good. But when it talked about the tenth part, if you're out there listening and you're trying to work your way to heaven, you're going to fall because your works is not good enough. We can't go on our works. We got to go on the shed blood of Jesus. We got to go on the grace of God. We got to go by what Jesus did. And so uh, we've got victory in our soul. So that hopefully explains the three and a half days and uh, hopefully explains the three and a half years. Uh, Jesus spent his ministry and he did everything. You know, in the book of Matthew, you know, say this now, some up and be close. In the book of Matthew, in reading it, I've noticed that there's uh, 12 times in there the word fulfilled. 11 times said that it might be fulfilled. One time said it was fulfilled. What's that significant about, preacher? Uh, that's talking about from the prophecy of the Old Testament. Everything that God said is going to happen, it happened or is happening. Somebody said, preacher, do you think that things are almost ready where God could come back? I'm going to tell you a secret if you don't know it. Things have been ready where Jesus could come back since he ascended up into heaven. And those men were standing there, his disciples, looking up there gazing. And the angel said, oh, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing into the heaven? This same Jesus that's gone away is going to come again like manner. Any moment God decides to come back, he could come back. Please be ready. I wonder if any of you's got a song to sing. Let's pray. I believe Mackenzie's going to come sing. Pray while she comes. David sang the praises of the glory of Jehovah. Paul preached that all is lost save knowing Christ. Little John said he is precious by leaning on his bosom. So for a moment may I humbly testify. Did I mention that I love him? How I worship and adore him When I can see no way he makes a way Did I mention he's been faithful to every promise he ever made me. I love him. That's all I want to say. How many sermons can be preached about this Jesus? How many songs can be sung about God's Son? There are not enough words, enough notes in the music to tell the story of all my Savior has done. Did I mention that I love him? How I worship and adore him when I can see no way.
appreciate that song. If we can say that and we can say it out of our heart, boy, what a testimony. I just want to say I love him. And boy, we ought to love him because he sure loves us. And I'm telling you, let me say this in concluding. If you're out there and you're lost and you think about what Jesus did for you, he died on that cross. Well, I'm telling you, he died willingly for you. If you'd have been the only sinner, he'd have died for you. If I'd have been the only sinner, he'd have died for me. Collectively, he died for all of us. But individually, he died for us specifically, one at a time. So if you think about how much he loved you and you're not saved, you need to get saved. A couple of reasons. He deserves for you to believe in him because of what he done for you. You deserve to believe in him because you don't want to die and go to hell. If you're lost today, you need to seek the Lord. Seek him while he be found. Call upon him while he's near. Now listen, if you're here listening to the sound of our voice today, and probably a lot of people are, I hope you are, if you're here and listening, and I mean, I don't mean in the house, but I mean in the sound of our voice, in the broadcast, if you're listening and you're a saved person and you're not where you need to be with the Lord, don't live one more day like that. Come to Jesus. Repent. Let God bless you and let God run your cup over and give you power back with God and let you feel that joy and peace in there and let him, let him give you power to let your light shine so you can help your family get saved. There's too much at stake. There's too much to gain to lose. We need to be living for Jesus. Listen, if you are in either case and you'd like to talk to somebody, feel free to call me. 419-236-8989. 419-236-8989. That's my cell phone. Call me. I'll be glad to talk to you, to pray with you, whatever it is. And church, I appreciate you so much, and uh, even people outside of our local church, I just appreciate all of you. Thank God for you, for everybody that's listening. I just appreciate you so much. Thank you. Anything else to be said or done? Okay. All right. Time to come to a close. Thank you, men, that uh, run this uh, sound stuff and uh, the broadcast. Folks, I'm going to close with just a tiny prayer, and uh, we'll be done. Precious Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy and your grace. God, thank you for passing by and touching us. Thank you for the songs. Uh, thank you for the technology. Thank you for those listening. God, we pray for service time tonight. Uh, we pray, God, that you just bless Brother Jordan to have free course and feel, uh, Lord, the power of God and preach mightily. Uh, pray, God, that the singers would sing and feel that way. God, I just praise you. We ask you these things in Jesus' name and amen. We're done.